Welcome to the Weekly Sermons and Studies Podcast at First Baptists. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for such a beautiful expression of truth. And we thank you so much for the hope and promise of heaven that awaits us. An experience that will just be great day after great day after great day. And we thank you so much for that. Father, in the meanwhile, we pray that you will help us to show you to as many people as possible because we know you want as many people as possible to experience eternity with you. And so as we turn to your word today and as we see how you can move in the lives of anyone, no matter how close or how far they are from you, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. I pray that you'd use this time in your word to draw us closer to you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Do you have a favorite movie that's maybe just like a comfort movie or a favorite book that's a a comfort book that you just like to turn to? Thankfully, I don't get sick often, but when I do, there's there's a handful of movies that are just, I want to flip one on. And usually, usually it's a sports theme movie. I want to turn on Rudy. I want to turn on Hoosiers, uh, maybe Miracle. Or one that I've watched many times is Remember the Titans. And I love that movie. It's based on the true story of, a, of segregated high schools that were federally mandated to integrate back in the 60s. And the movie focuses on the football team for the school and how they dealt with the integration of white and black players and white and black coaches. And uh, Denzel Washington portrays the head coach. Now I'll tell you, the first half to two thirds of the movie is, is tough to watch because they, they vividly portray just the ugliness of racism and the ugliness of the attitudes that come along with that. And you see that through the players, through the coaches, through the, through, through, through the community at large, and it's tough to watch. But then hearts start to change, and you get to see how the football team transforms into what's actually a, an example of unity for the community. And it's, just, it's just a beautiful, encouraging film. Now, if you only watch the last 20 minutes or so of the, of the film, yes, you'd get to see the, the climactic moments and, and the beauty of everyone being together, but you'd miss the pain, the ugliness, and even the danger at times that had to be overcome with dealing with so many racist attitudes. Without seeing the problems that were overcome and that, that were embraced by so many, you might not appreciate as much the significance of what happened at the end. I like stories with great climaxes and, 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 and resolution, but they're, they're hard to watch. When I'm, when I'm going through one in a book, have you ever had one of those books where you just, you really felt like you wanted to skip a couple of pages just to, to see what happens, or maybe to get through a difficult moment, or fast forward through the movie? But those ugly moments really help us appreciate the significance of the outcome. So today's scripture that we're gonna be turning to shares the climactic moment in the story of a man who was not a good man. He was not trusted, he was avoided, and he was probably even hated by everyone who knew his name. And he had earned his reputation. He was a thief, he was a cheat, and he was wealthy because of it. So what would happen when this sort of man encounters Jesus. Well, let's read. If you'll turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, 
we're going to read about Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to, to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. The story of Zacchaeus is, it's a beautiful story of redemption that I've quickly read too many times, but I haven't often stopped to, re to, to reflect on and appreciate its significance. The, the theme today co that comes from this passage is faith in Jesus will change a despised sinner into a blessed child of God. Well, one chapter leading up to this story about Zacchaeus, Jesus had just described how difficult it was for a rich man to enter heaven right after the rich man had rejected him. And now Jesus is encountering another rich man. And not only that, he was a tax collector, a chief tax collector. Now, of course, when I first read this, I was taken back to Sunday school and VBS, and probably you are, heard someone in the narthex wanting to sing the song with me. You know, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, join in, and a wee little man was he, yes. And if you, I wasn't gonna sing the whole thing, but, but we'll do that afterwards. In fact, if you wanna know what a sycamore tree looks like, that's what's on the front of your bulletin today. And that was taken by one of our members when they were in Israel. And so that's a pretty old one probably not the one Zacchaeus was in. But growing up, you know, I would color in the coloring sheets of Zacchaeus and, you know, and, and he, he, was, he was this short, often portly looking fellow. Uh, and, and, you, and I kind of felt sorry for him, you know? I mean, it's, it's like, bless his heart. Why, why won't anybody let him see Jesus? And so I had, between the sweetness of the song and the, and the images I saw, just kind of a little bit of a pity. But there were probably few people in his day that had any pity for Zacchaeus or any tax collector for that matter. Tax collectors were local citizens who the Rome had made contracts with to collect taxes. And early Jewish writings show how poorly they were thought of by their community. And they'd earned their reputations. They were known for taking more than they should and keeping the extra. And there was nothing that anyone could do about it because they had the backing of Rome and all the soldiers. They were considered unclean by religious leaders and excommunicated from the synagogue. Their testimonies were often rejected in local courts. They were thought of the same as murderers and thieves by their communities. And because of the unjust way that they taxed people, it's even been reported that rabbis would endorse lying to them in order to get out of paying taxes. To be a tax collector, you had to be willing to turn on your community and give up your family, your religious, and your social connections, all for the sake of money. 
Low-level criminals would be the most likely to sign up for this type of task. And Zacchaeus, he wasn't just your garden variety tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. And so he'd been able to rise to the top of this heap of shrewd criminals. But Zacchaeus was also different as we see in this passage because God had been speaking to his heart and he was listening. He wanted to see who Jesus was, so he, so he found this sycamore tree to climb up into. Zacchaeus had heard enough about Jesus that he was willing, he wanted to do whatever it could take to get a glimpse of him, even if it meant taking the undignified and risky steps of running and climbing a tree. Think about it, in his role as a chief tax collector who was hated, why would he put himself in the vulnerable position of getting up into a tree? The crowd could have said, well, hey, this is our time. This is our opportunity to get him, or at the least, make a little fun of his situation. But Zacchaeus, he didn't care what they thought. He was more interested in seeing Jesus. But why would he care about Jesus? Well, as a miracle worker who was irritating the religious leaders, the stories of Jesus would have undoubtedly spread in that area like hot gossip. And Zacchaeus had to have been a well-connected person. But in the midst of that gossip, there was something different about Jesus' teachings. Something that the, the, the rabbis weren't sharing. And some of those stories involved tax collectors and the rich. Jesus' messages that he was hearing depicted a God who, who cared about sinners. Wasn't just looking to condemn them. In the, in the passages leading up to this in Luke, Luke documents that he, Jesus had recently spoke about that shepherd who lost one of his 100 sheep. And what did he do? He left the 99 to go to find the one. Jesus had just shared about the woman who had 10 coins and she, she lost one of her coins. And she gave her full effort into finding that one coin, even though she already had nine others. He'd shared that gripping story just recently about the prodigal son. In spite of disappointing his father by wasting his inheritance on women and wild living is what the Bible says, that father was ready to welcome his son home with open arms. Zacchaeus had probably disappointed all of his family, everybody who had ever loved and cared about him. He was the prodigal who hadn't returned home yet. And so these stories of God's love and desire to be reunited with those who are sinners, they were so much different than what had been circulating. Jesus had also had recent teaching moments that would have stepped on the toes of the rich, like the story of the rich man and Lazarus, that rich man who had had no place in his heart for anyone other than himself. And upon his death, you remember the, the, the story that Jesus shared, the rich man whose heart was consumed with his wealth went to hell but Lazarus went to heaven. And Jesus' description of the rich man's anguish in hell would have undoubtedly been retold by those who didn't like the rich. And maybe when they were even within earshot of Zacchaeus shared a little bit louder, hoping that he might hear what he was ahead of. Could God have used that story to prick the heart of Zacchaeus? Absolutely. Or maybe Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus' other recent encounter with the rich young ruler who asked Jesus, what do I need to do to be saved? 
And Jesus listed off these commandments and the ruler said, what? I've done all these things. But then Jesus identified that one command that got to the heart of what was separating him from, from God. Sell all you possess, give it to the poor and come follow me. And the rich young ruler, what did he do? He went away sad because he had put wealth on the throne in his life and he couldn't remove it for the sake of God. Maybe you heard the story in Luke 18 where Jesus shared the parable about the tax collector who was actually, he was the, the righteous one in the story and the Pharisee was the one who was wrong. Do you remember the story? Two men went into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. No rabbi had ever made a tax collector the hero of a story. And much other, many other things had happened. Jesus had healed lepers, he'd healed the blind, he'd healed sick after sick, and who knows which of these stories had made their way to Jesus. But whatever the case, Zacchaeus had heard enough that he was willing to do whatever it took to see this man Jesus, even if that meant climbing up in a very undignified way into a tree in the midst of a crowd who hated him. The first point of this passage really spoke to me is that faith moves us towards Jesus. Romans 10 teaches that faith comes by hearing the word of God. Ephesians 2 also teaches us that faith is a gift of God. In spite of his sin, God was offering Zacchaeus the gift of faith. How would he respond? God wants us to choose him. He does, but he won't force us to choose him. He doesn't want robots to be with him forever. He wants people who are freely chosen to follow him and give their hearts to him. But his gift of saving faith that he offers to us is one that we must receive. How are you responding to God's approach to you? Has God been speaking to any of your hearts, to your minds? Is he drawing to you to him? What are you doing about that call? Do you wanna know how to pray for those who are lost? Pray that God would speak to them, that God would reveal himself to him and do whatever it takes to get their attention. Have you noticed how God will, God will grab our attention in a variety of ways? And it's not always comfortable ways, is it? It's usually, in fact, the uncomfortable moments of our life that pull us towards him. God had been working in Zacchaeus' heart in so many ways. When Jesus reached that spot, Luke says, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And so now all eyes were on Zacchaeus. Imagine that moment. The guy whose wealth was envied, but simultaneously who everyone hated. Imagine what the crowd was thinking in that moment. Really? Out of all the honest, hardworking people surrounding Jesus, people who are struggling and really need help, who's Zacchaeus, who's, who does Jesus reach out to? 
Who does Jesus want to go be with? Zacchaeus. Does Jesus know who this guy is? I can't believe it. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't poll the crowd or poll our haters when we want to come to him? It's something I'm so grateful for. We ought to all be grateful for. He cares not about our actions and about our past. He cares about what's going on in a person's heart. Point two for this passage that really has stuck out with me is that that reminder that faith connects us with Jesus. And it does so no matter what we've done. Jesus won't overlook anyone who's in search of him. There's a name for Jesus that was given in the Old Testament by, spoken by Hagar, El Roi. It means God sees me. Think about that. Of the billions of people on earth, God sees you. And he sees you, and he sees you. Jesus knew Zacchaeus by name. He knew his reputation. He knew what he'd done. And he still called to him in the midst of that crowd. What may have seemed like a a coincidental matter was actually a divine appointment on God's calendar. Jeremiah 1.5, when God called Jeremiah, he told him, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Think about that, that the one who knit Zacchaeus together within his mother's womb, the one who was aware of everything in his past, the one who had the authority to judge and condemn him right then, what was that one doing? That God, Jesus, he was calling Zacchaeus to him. He called Zacchaeus not because he was clean, but because he wanted to clean him. That's one of my favorite sayings I heard, heard um, uh, Pastor Steve say to us all the time is, you know, he just reminded us, God doesn't, you don't get cleaned up before you take a bath, do you? And you don't. And God invites us to him so that he can do the cleaning. Too many people avoid Jesus, I think, because they feel like they need to get cleaned up and, and get right before they come to him, before they come to church. Their life needs to be problem free. And unfortunately, I think a lot of preachers and a lot of church people help facilitate that message. It's not the message we wanna send. God, Jesus calls, calls us to him just as we are. You can be, no matter what your history is, guess what God sees? God sees a child that he wants to clean up and draw to him and spend eternity with him. Raise your hand for if you've ever sinned. Okay, those of you that didn't raise your hand just lied. So now we, we all have sinned and we're all in this together. And just like the prodigal son, yes, we've all sinned. We have all needed God's grace. And those of us that have responded to him have begun to enjoy that, the beauty of his forgiveness. Isn't it a beautiful thing? I don't want any of you to know all my past. God knows it and I'm so thankful that in spite of that, he loves me. He's still working on me and I'm thankful for that too. God divinely orchestrated this encounter with Jesus in ways that we don't know and we can only speculate on but certainly so many truths of what Jesus had had been doing recently had, had drawn Zacchaeus towards him and created this opportunity to connect with him.
It's so important to know that it's your faith that initially connects you with Jesus. It's not your good works. God isn't looking for perfect people because there aren't any. He's looking for imperfect people to come to him so he can begin a new work in you. And Zacchaeus' faith is what connected him with Jesus. Now there's a warning that when you connect with Jesus, people are gonna talk. And Zacchaeus had to deal with that right out of the gate. what did the people do when they saw Zacchaeus step towards Jesus? They muttered, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. It must have been a crowd of religious people because people who aren't religious wouldn't have, they would have had labels for Zacchaeus for sure, but they wouldn't have been spiritual labels. And so the people resented Jesus spending time with a sinner, possibly because, most likely because they had been fed bad theology for too long. Preachers that avoid sinners will lead their churches to avoid sinners. And churches that avoid sinners will either shrivel up and die or just become expensive community gatherings that occasionally do some good social work. But that's not the model that Jesus set for us. Jesus said in Luke 5.32, came not for the healthy, he came for the sick. Jesus didn't come for the righteous, but to call sinners to repentance. What, what do you think would happen to a hospital that discouraged sick people from coming? Or that shamed people for their illnesses? You got what? Well, now, of course, hospitals have procedures and protocols to protect their staff and to protect other patients, but they don't shame and reject patients from coming to get well, not if they want to stay in business. And God's end goal is that we would be healthy, that we would be more than just healthy, we'd be holy. But God knows that's not our starting point. And he came us to take us just as we are and help us become what he wants us to be. And the Pharisees had forgotten this and they were having that influence on their people. Our church, all churches must be a place that welcomes people who are sick with their sin and show these people, among, we're, we're among that group of people who are recovering from sin, the love of Jesus and how he can make all of us well. And just like a hospital, we've gotta have procedures and protocols to protect the healthy from those who are sick with sin. This is why we're picky about those who are in leadership. We're picky about those who teach. We're picky about those who are with our children and our youth. But we've got to also avoid the, the using the standard that we apply to our leaders and to seasoned Christians and apply it to people who are just trying to start, who are just trying to get be, begin with their relationship with Jesus. The criticism of the crowd could have led Zacchaeus to withdraw, to back off. He had plenty to be ashamed of. Maybe he really wasn't worthy to be with Jesus. But one good thing about his past was he had gotten used to not caring what the crowd thought. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Point three is that faith changes us for Jesus. Imagine what the crowd was thinking after this, seeing someone who had had no problem taking extra from them year after year and coordinating that all of a sudden making this type of statement, this, this act of repentance in front of them. 
And that's really what it was. When, when Zacchaeus gave those funds back to those he'd robbed, when, when Zacchaeus re- restored the, the amount that he'd taken, it was really his act of repentance to God because money had been his God and he had been willing to harm people financially. Why those amounts? Well, Luke 12, 33, perhaps he heard Jesus say, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. One of, his, one of Jesus' teachings could have led him to this. Regardless, this act of, of, of repentance reflected the change that had happened inside of him. And it was beautiful. Think about the difference between Zacchaeus' response to Jesus and the rich young ruler's response. What Jesus had, had told that young ruler and what, he had, what his reply had been. Zacchaeus didn't walk away sad. Zacchaeus came forward and repented. And Jesus knew that outward act of generosity was not just for show, which is what led Jesus to say, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Point four is that faith rewards us because of Jesus. You know, a passage that I love is Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Zacchaeus' faith moved him towards Jesus. Zacchaeus' faith connected him with Jesus. Zacchaeus' faith changed him for Jesus. And Zacchaeus' faith rewarded him because of Jesus. Our faith in Jesus rewards us with the best gift that we can receive, and that's our salvation. My encouragement for all of us through this passage is if you haven't come forward to give Christ your life, that you would submit to him and that you would turn to him. He wants to hear from you. He stands ready with open arms for you. Would you put your faith and your trust in him? Would you pray with me? Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time. We'd love to connect with you. Just email connect at firstbaptistbg.org or call 270-842-0331.